Vandals and Visigoths take a prolonged vacation to a warmer climate. Shock the old folks with your sexy youth culture. And slowly but inexorably change the face of Western civilization forever. Because it is time to talk tall to me. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. We are feckless momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A mass migration across the continent of Jethro Tull, in which Nick and I trek tirelessly across the electric mountains, fight a terrible flute battle on the banks of the Benefit River, <laughs> and eventually get permission from Emperor Ian Andersonius to settle in the valley of the mid-80s, all to talk tall to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably get scurvy along the way. Oh, yeah, I've, I've had it like three times. Yeah, we will, we will spread our, our genetic material as we go. And on it. On, uh, doing it doing as it right we now. speak. <laughs> and we'll end, up, we'll end up making the world a melting pot of delicious Jethro Tull. That's right, a flute fondue. A, f- a flute do. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, a, if, is flute fondue the, the savory or the sweet? Oh, it's so savory. It's so yeah. savory. Yeah. yeah. You're thinking of piccolo, piccolo melt. Oh, piccolo, yes. A, pic, a piccolo fountain like I had at my prom. <laughs> You're the only one who used it. They they wasted so much money on that, <laughs> that fountain. I know, I know. So, Nick, confession time from e- from from us. From the feckless moms, yeah. Yeah. It's been a hot minute. So many hot minutes. I moved, and so the studio, the feckless moms satellite studio was broken down into a box for a while. I recently unpacked that box. And so here we are. Here we are. In the the new and improved Feckless Moms Satellite Studio coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. We've been through some life changes, but here we are back we again. Are. Mm. We, we will not be recording next week for very special purposes, which we'll tell you about Next. next week. Next week. <laughs> yeah, the, the recording slash listening schedule is like trying to match up time travelers and make sure everybody gets gets covered. So yeah. next week you'll hear why we didn't record next week. Huh? Mm? Track that. Follow that hey. with some red yarn. I just had an aneurysm. <laughs> but here we are. But here, here we, we are, are in the again, present. Dipping our toes in. We're going to get right back into things. Before we get into the the song itself, we have a bunch of stuff to get into that we will we will strategically choose and 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 disperse throughout the weeks. But yeah. So here we have, uh, for your listening pleasure, a new segment called "What Are You Drinking." That was good, Nick. Can yeah. you put a, a cup of Wonder Sting with that and put some reverb on the on my voice? We've we've already done a drinking segment with Cup of Wonder as the sting. I hate you. <laughs> so, Nick, why don't you tell us what you are drinking this fine morning? From the lovely New Belgium brewery today. Hey. I have Voodoo Ranger Spicy Release. <laughs> Atomic Pumpkin, it's called. I am a sucker for pumpkin beer. Yes, you like are. I'm a sucker for pumpkin anything. But this is a pumpkin <laughs> beer with cinnamon and a little cayenne. Oh. Oh, and it is. Everybody, everybody listen. Mm. Oh, that is yummy. Oh, that I, is a de- that is a dessert beer, if ever I've had one. I had a spicy release this morning, Nick. Oh, my after, goodness. After. Thank you, New Belgium, for that spicy release. New Belgium, fun fact, New Belgium uses wind energy to produce their beers. Hey, I feel yeah. even better drinking. Yeah. I, I mean, drinking this. Drinking this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick, shall I tell you what I'm drinking? Yeah, please. What do you got, Omen? 
Okay, so I am having a pineapple habanero cayenne kombucha. Oh, snap. From Wegmans. An even spicier release. <sighs> yeah, that sounds that sounds yummy. It's on the mild side of spicy. Yeah? Yeah, it's not it's not super spicy, but it's it's it is delicious. And I got it from the Wegmans here in Brooklyn. Yeah, I was gonna say there's only like one or two downstate. One there and one in Jersey or Pennsylvania or something, I think. I think Pennsylvania. Yeah. Is that that one's new, right? Didn't that one's new within the last couple of years, I believe. Yeah, it is uh it opened up maybe even just last year. Oh wow. Okay. And it and it's great. For for those of you who don't know, Wegmans is sort of an institution in upstate New York. Yeah. Some people some people would use the word cult. It is a grocery store. It's not a cult if it's for everyone's good, right? That's that <laughs> That's dangerous logic, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm I don't know what to do with that one. Yeah, no, let's leave it there. Uh okay. let's have listeners write in and let us know what you feel about that. What your favorite cult is. Oh, but I Okay, yeah, I've got a I've got a knock on the door. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hang uh, Mar, uh Marley Marley's waiting for me. I think Mary's over there. Marley. I've been waiting in the basement for two months. I know it's it's been a while, Marley. Um are you? Did you finish that bag of pirates booty I gave you? I had to eat my shoes. Uh, Omen. Yeah. Stop giving Mary helium-filled shoes. I think is the <laughs> is the lesson here. <laughs> my favorite ones were the wingtips. <laughs> wingtips flying helium. I get it. Good job. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, wow. Didn't even. Oh. Wow. That was just uh, my brain did that all by itself. So, yeah. uh, Nick, it looks like we have some things here. We do have some things. Yeah. I'm going to start out. This is this is a, a, a new portion here. We have ourselves a comment on an Instagram. If, if you, For those of you not in the know uh, on Instagram, every week whenever the, the new episode comes out, I do a post with the name of the, the episode. And this mm. most recent one, this last one, we, we got a post on a, re- a response to that post, that picture. It was, can I see what, what episode it was? I can. Oh, Skating Away. Oh, huh. so, it's, so it's not the most recent one, but it's the one that, that this person is talking about. <laughs> Great. So this is from user Matt Berry Fan one commenting on here. He says, I'm not a social media fan at all, but signed up to Insta to leave this comment. First of all, thank you for taking the plunge. We know it's a sacrifice. You can always email us too, moms at fecklessmoms.com. So go delete your Instagram and come on over here. (laughs) But he says, I've been listening to you moms off and on since Benefit, but this is the first episode that made me want to comment. Again, skating away. Right. You... You really hit it out of the park on this song. It's hmm. moved me from liking but not thinking much about this song to humming it, thinking about the lyrics, singing it almost every day. Oh. I'm a lifelong Tall fan, but have been mostly about the music. The lyrics have always been cryptic, and who the hell has time for that? You guys oh. do, and I thank you. <laughs> hmm. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you, Matt Berry fan. Very, very appreciative. We, we, we love that. We love those comments. And if he is a fan of the Matt Berry that I'm thinking of from so much IT crowd, what we do in the shadows, all sorts of things. Oh. He is, he is hilarious. He's that actually Matt Berry. Yeah. He has a, a show. It was on Netflix for a while called Snuffbox, where he okay. and an American actor play executioners like modern day executioners but it's really just a sketch show like the premise is very loose but that was my introduction to matt berry and i think he is just plum hilarious amazing enjoy him so that was the instagram again thank you matt berry fan another quick email that i'm going to cover your emails sir jackie jacqueline the perpetrator and possessor and owner of the Jethro Tull protocol writes back yes. in. <laughs> she says the the big question that we've had 
the, the big challenge, I would say, that we've had mm. for a long time. I've been trying to find a site to post a review. Do you have any suggestions? I listen to you on Spotify and haven't been able to find a place. Mm. You know what, Jackie? I don't have an answer for you, unfortunately. Spotify does not have a place for reviews. If you are willing to take the plunge, you can create an Apple account or or some other podcast catcher of choice, Stitcher, those things. Create an account and leave leave a review there. But I would not I would not force anyone to create accounts just to make a review. I wouldn't no. do that to you. The <laughs> most important thing is is that you listen. Thank you, Jacqueline, for your your ear your ear mm-hmm. time. Yep. And tell your friends. Yeah, yeah. Any if anyone who who you know who listens to Tall, let them know, and and that's really all we can ask. Yeah. Uh, we we just appreciate the contact and the listening. Yeah. And and she she has one more question. Okay. Do you have any idea who the lady is who speaks to Ian? When he wants it, asking if he wants a cup of tea and yeah, one child. We, and that one we can't figure out either. Yeah, we thought about that and we almost, we almost did some research about it. Almost? But, uh, we considered it? Yeah. But that's, 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 that's as I think, far as we got. I think I did a quick Google search, but it's, if, if it's not common knowledge, it's really hard to find info on Tull, particularly online. And Ian won't return my calls, so he won't answer me. <laughs> I suspect so. I suspect that it was his uh, girlfriend at the time. That's my, that's my thought, or someone's girlfriend. Someone's girlfriend. One of one of the boys had had a girlfriend who just happened to be in studio at the time, or yeah, some some kind of secondary or tertiary relation to the band. That's that's our best theory. Feel free, mm-hmm. anyone with knowledge, to contradict it. And the, oh, hold on one second, Nick. Oh, yep. Oh, oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you, Marley. How did you? What? How did you? How, how did, did you Marley get down get to Brooklyn? To Brooklyn so fast. I took the express horse. Oh, that's oh, like a bullet horse then. <laughs> a bullet, a bullet horse. <laughs> I'm double parked. I've got to go. Oh, yeah. You don't want yeah. the boots on your horse. That's gonna be no a pain. No. Whew, the speed obviously affected his voice. So, Nick, we have Marley just passed me mm-hmm. a, a sheaf of parchment here with wow. an international stamp on it. Okay. Let's see. This is from Mr. Paul Murphy. Paul, also a, a follower of us on Instagram. Hi, Paul. Yes. His missive reads, Good morning, chaps. Another fan of Tull here in Blighty. Nick Blighty definition. Blighty is a, a an affectionate term for England, for Very good. for Britain. Yep. I'm a bit of a late comer to your Talk Tull to Me podcast, but I've been playing catch up with all speed and enjoying your literate, thank you, enthusiastic, erudite, and occasionally absurd take on Tull. I think you serve the music most appropriately. Thank you. Much appreciated. Anyway, I've got a bit more to add to the ongoing saga of those damned souls in Kentish Town. Oh. One of your English listeners suggested that Ian Anderson might have lived in or near Kentish Town. Mm-hmm. He'd be correct. Awesome. And I believe that was our Anglo correspondent, John. Indeed. Hello, John. Maybe. At this point, I, it's all a blur, but yeah. probably. Most likely. As I happen to know that Ian Anderson in fact lived on a street not far from the main drag of Kentish Town called Burley... Road, pronounced Burley, thank you very much, (laughs) which is then as now a long row of quite imposing Victorian Edwardian townhouses with basements, cellars, and then at least two floors and an attic loft. In Ian Anderson's time, many of them would have been run down in need of repair and divided into separate flats or bedsits, making the living space more cramped and difficult to heat. Quite a lonely and inauspicious start for a musical lad fresh down from Blackpool. The train stopping at Preston for a change to the main line to London, hence cheap day return. Wow, this is a okay. This is a positive super soaker of knowledge, Nick. It's a it's a it's a full a full recovery here of of everything that we've ever had questions about. It, indeed, <laughs> Burley Road is more gentrified these days, as much of North London has become. Although anyone walking the length of Kentish Town High Road can tell you that it's occasionally insalubrious. Mm. 
Oh, and there's a primary school on Burley Road, too. I'm guessing now, but might it be too much of a leap to imagine it was against these railings that Aqualung caught the attentions of Cross-Eyed Mary? Mind you, there are many schools in that area that fit the description, including at least two in Kentish Town and one in Highgate itself, less than half a mile away from Burley Road. In fact, many of the references to London in early Tull, Hampstead Fair, etc., are within a 20-minute walk of Ian Anderson's then-home in Kentish Town. Yeah. Once he leaves Kentish Town for the slightly more salubrious, but only just, chimes of Baker Street. <laughs> just so, just, just a, a titch more salubrious. Yeah, a little, little bit more salub in that area. So the place names and London references reflect that area. But we'll come to that later. Hope this mm-hmm. helps. Keep doing what you're doing, fellas. Paul Murphy. Awesome. P. P. S. Oh, oh, we got oh, a postscript here. Oh, here we go. It just came by owl. <laughs> How do I know it's Burley Road? I think there's a reproduction of an ancient Tull contract in one of the many Tull books available, and you can just about make it out in Ian Anderson's busy cursive script. I'll uh-huh. try to cite the source when I find out more. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Paul. Thank you for all of your salubritations. Awesome. As as usual, our our listeners are much more well-informed than we are, and we Indeed. appreciate that. We are, we, are, we are just the forum for your voices. That is <laughs> actually, actually true. <laughs> so, Nick, this has been a long intro. It has. If you're still with us, take a break. Go get Thank a cup you of for tea. your patience. Yep, yep. Go, go grab a, a an atomic pumpkin from from New Belgium, or or have a spicy, a spicy release. Yep. So, Omen, this week I think it's time we dive in. That, like we said, that was a long one. What are we What are we listening to this week, Nick? This week we have the pleasure of continuing to listen to the bonus tracks, the infinite number of bonus tracks on Warchild. This is the song Saturation. Omen, did you listen to Saturation? Did you listen to this song before we started recording? I did. I'd also heard it before. I know. I I have too, but I did not listen to it because I wanted to go into it fresh because I cannot remember what this song sounds like. Looking at the lyrics, I, I does not ring a bell. Yeah. I thought it was a different song until I listened to it, and then I was like, oh, it's this song. Which song did you think it was? I think I thought it was... Um... Maybe a combination of Glory Road and and something else. Yeah, that's uh, glory. The tune to Glory Road keeps popping into my mind. Makes no, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, it's a good tune. So let's all listen to Saturation for the first time together. Let's <laughs> saturate our ears with Saturation. That's it. Let's do it. So, Nick, there we have it. Yeah. I mean, it's there. It's done. We listened to it. It was a song. We listened to it. It was a song. Jethro Tull played it. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it. We are going to talk about it because that's what we do, Nick. We are obligated. We are contractually obligated whether we like it or not. We sign the papers. We. I didn't sign any paper. Uh, oh, I guess, I guess I, you, could, you can leave anytime you want. All right. Well, Nick, have a good rest of the episode, and uh, I'll see you next weekend. All right. (laughs) That would be a very bad episode of me just talking about saturation. So, well, you know, let's do the thing that we usually do. Let's start with the music. Okay. Okay. This, this, I'll start. This, Mm -hmm. these, this intro is one of the more promising intros on this album. Hmm. Okay. Define promising here. When the when the guitar and the organ and the bass and the drums, when they all kick in and then the flute comes on over top. It's like, oh yeah. Here okay, we so, go. so it's enticing. It is a it's a toothsome morsel that makes you want more. It is there it is it is indeed all of those things. It's su- it's super chunky. Like it's it is it's substantial. It's the kind of intro that makes you schedule an appointment with your dentist. Because you're like, I've been, 
I've been living the, the high life. And and then the song starts. <laughs> is that is is that like lamentation right there? Are are you I think are you sad that the song starts? I I have the feeling that the energy built up by the intro is somewhat mm, dissipated yes. by the arrival of the of the first stanza and that's, the the that's melody. A good way to put it. Yeah. You know, my my feelings on the matter are, frankly, none of your business, Nick. <laughs> oh, I apologize. <laughs> but didn't, didn't no, realize I was pushing. No, I, I it's it's not that it makes me sad. It's just that you know I get excited by the intro, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be like Glory Road, or it's gonna be like Paradise Steakhouse. It's, it's Glory Row. Yeah, Glory Road. <laughs> I think I think some of that that kind of anticlimactic dissipation of energy has to deal with the fact that it feels like we missed a verse. It feels like it's picking up in the middle of the story. I think that's a very apt observation. I feel like there's a verse missing from the beginning, and I feel like there's one missing from the end as well. Sound-wise and content-wise in terms of, of the lyrics. Well, the other thing is that the melody of the verse, the melody of what Ian sings, to me, doesn't follow the intro. Mm-hmm. They they tried to like he came up with this this really dark poem and they they really just hammered it into this song. They tried to make it work. Yeah, yeah. It almost feels like it's Frankenstein'd together. Like mm-hmm. they'd been working on an instrumental and then they brought yeah. a totally different melody into it. It just yep. just doesn't match up to me. It's. It's almost spoken word. Yeah. That's a great way of thinking of it, yeah. actually. It's 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 a little beat poetry here. And I think let let us not forget, this is on the War Child album, which means this could very well have been a portion of the movie. Right. Could it could make sense there, possibly. Uh, I think you're giving it a lot of credit, but but uh, <laughs> but why not? <laughs> I think also, you know, it could be, it could have to do, it, it, it could be made of rescued fragments from the Chateau Disaster. Yeah. Yeah. The, despite the, the, the verses and the, the instrumentation not matching up, I do really dig the sound of the chorus being sung. I think that's the do. one part where it gels. Do, 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really I, cool. I, I agree. I think it comes back in. But but by that point, my, my vibe has been a little diminished. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. The instrumentation all throughout is very good, though. It's great. That 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 chonky guitar, the bass is, is formidable in this. Jeffrey Hammond Hammond is having yeah. a great day. Yep. Some re- really good drums come coming from Barrymore. Yeah, everyone is on it. John Evan is doing a really interesting thing where sometimes he's sort of disguising himself alongside the guitar, and then sometimes you hear, I think maybe he uses a different pedal on the organ, and so you get that okay a, a little bit more of, oh, I don't know how to describe the more the organy sound that I associate with, like, heavy horses almost. Some moments of this, it does remind me of the vibe, the sound from Heavy Horses. Yeah, and and comparing comparing sound vibes, that I I think we're not incorrect in thinking of Glory Row because that that those first couple of guitar licks do make me think of Glory Row, and I'll, I'll put the two in here and compare. And I'm gonna be honest, they could be completely off because <laughs> I right. can't think of how how Glory Row starts, but it makes me think. Glory roll. It does. It, it does me too. And also the way that the flute interacts, even though it's a different tune, mm, the way okay, the sure. way that we have kind of guitar laid down and then flute 
flying flying high up above it. Yeah. I mean, it is a relatively quick song, too, I, I believe. Let's see. It's quick for Jethro Tull. Oh, it's four and a half minutes. Holy cow. This song is four and a half minutes long. It does not feel that long. You know, this song. Uh, OK, Nick, ask me if this song was a drug, what drug would it be? <laughs> Omen. Yes. If this song were. I don't know. Let's say a drug. Ooh, like, uh, what? Which drug would it be? Like a recreational drug. I mean, I suppose so. Yeah. I don't think it would be like Flonase. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be. Like, I'm not ruling out prescriptions. Right. It's it's ibuprofen. No, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with ketamine because and and I want I don't want all of our listeners to know that I do not condone the taking of illegal drugs. Also, I've never taken ketamine. What is what is ketamine? Ket- I know I've heard it before, but it's a horse tranquilizer. Actually, it's it's oh it's, okay. It's made for tranquilizing large animals. My mom used it to tranquilize beavers in one of her studies. Wow, isn't that excessive? They're not that large of a mammal. I think they're larger than you think, Nick. I, you know, I've never seen a beaver, so they're, you know, I, you're right. I don't could, know. They could be huge. They're the size of a, a Volkswagen Beetle. The Volkswagen Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> but what it does in humans, at least, is it produces a, a profound dissociative effect. Oh. Takers of it describe falling into the K-hole. Oh, it, that... In terms of... There's got to be a better way to put that. In terms of how it's been described <laughs> to me, it sounds like the least fun drug ever. So you just, like, kind of drift? Yeah, you feel like you're completely separated from your body and you have no sense of time. Uh, oh. Yeah. So that's why yeah. that's why I, I compared this song, because I have, having listened to it, you know, I don't have much of a memory of it. While I'm listening to uh-huh. it, I mm-hmm. don't know where I am. Lose track of time. Lose track yeah. of time. I get it. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. It's like my body is a foreign object. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's my favorite Guns N' Roses song. My body is a foreign object? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a good one. So, <laughs> and it's inside of you. Your body is rejecting me. Uh, I don't remember the rest of the lyrics. But, <laughs> but let's talk about Jethro Tull. Indeed. Anything else musically you want to talk about? Yeah, this? I, you know, it could be my own personal opinion leaking through, but. Is that what that smell is? Yes. I have the impression mm. that the this group of fine, fine, fine musicians. Mm-hmm are playing perfectly well together and also have no idea what the song is about at all. <laughs> it's one of those, yeah. It's one of those, like, like when you're acting and you know you have a monologue coming up, you've somehow, like, you've displaced yourself from the scene and you do the monologue to a T, but you're not in it at all. You're standing outside yourself thinking, what the hell am I talking about? Yeah. What, are, what am I going to have for supper after Why this? am I saying now. the words? <laughs> is my tongue working? My tongue, I shouldn't have licked that lamppost. <laughs> I shouldn't have taken ketamine, is actually. Yeah, yeah. bad combo. Never. Yep, yep. So I think that's all I have musically, Nick. It's in 4-4 time, shockingly. Okay, sure. I do, I guess, you know, we're, this is the sort of transition point to the lyrics, but I am completely thrown off by the way that Ian Anderson scans his lyrics into the oh, song I that's that's the one redeeming quality for me is how it's it's they're they're how it makes you have to to think it, it keeps for me it keeps me engaged because I'm trying to see how it fits in there interesting yeah. or like I'm an, I'm anticipating you know I listened to the song this morning while I was making coffee and then mm-hmm. 
while I was boiling my egg, I read the lyrics without listening to the song. Mm -hmm. And having just listened to the song, I was reading the lyrics and thinking like, wait, how do, what? How does this work? How? Did, that's, how who wrote this? How this is not I, the same song. It is, it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Shall we use an example, Nick? Before we get into actual lyrics, why is this called saturation? <sighs> Nick. Okay, that's the only answer I needed because that's exactly probably what I would have given you. Well, let's... Including, including my name. I would have said, ah, Nick. Ah, Nick. <laughs> let's define saturation, the word. Okay. I'm looking it up right now. When something is is has reached a point where it can no longer hold liquid or or that that is the like the scientific definition but yeah. where it can no longer hold something where it reaches essentially a saturation point is where it can no longer contain something. Right, like when a, when a sponge can no longer absorb any more water it is saturated. The state yes. or process that occurs when no more of something can be absorbed combined with or added the degree or extent to which something is dissolved or absorbed compared with the maximum possible, usually expressed as a percentage. That's the yeah. that's the little that's the defo for you. Okay, I think I can I think I could make it work in this. So yeah, let's talk. Let now let's talk lyrics. Let's let's get into to we were talking about how he crams the lyrics into the the scanning of the the actual singing. So this. You know, Nick, as I was listening to this and reading it, I thought, well, okay, let's let's try the old what category of tall song does this fit into hack? Because that has Okay. That's been that's been useful for us in the past. Definitely. And I think we might have to create a new category. I don't I don't think so. What 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 category is this to you? Ian Anderson's half reluctant fever nightmares. <laughs> I mean, we've seen that before. Have we? Sweet, sweet dream is kind of like that. Mm. I thought that was filed in in sexy vampire stuff. Oh, I mean, it's a Venn diagram. I mean, they overlap <laughs> a little bit, don't they? <laughs> Fever dreams. See, sexy yes. vampires. Yes, the I think this this falls into the category of narrator of song is just a character telling us some portion of a story. Okay, I guess. Yeah, I. Definitely, I think that is is accurate. I guess it's the kind of story that throws me off because I don't feel like we've ever mm. seen this type of story. It's, yeah, it's it's just it feels just a straight up fictional story almost, right? It really does, but with possible historical social overtones. It 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 feels it, I. I want to give it as much credit as possible because Ian Anderson. Yeah. It's like, I think it's a, a commentary on society. Well, that's a safe bet with any Jethro Tull song. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. That, that's uh, that's the all of the above choice. Yeah, right, you're right. Right. You're right. But, but I don't think you're wrong. And, you know, let's compare it for a moment to a song that we haven't talked about yet, which is Farm on the Freeway. Okay. Thematically, they are not dissimilar. Okay. The hero or singer must leave his home due to external social forces and sings about it. But, but and, and Martin Barr plays the guitar. But whereas Farm on the Freeway is very specific and very clearly tied to, you know, sp specific economic sh shifts that were, that were occurring at the time of the writing, this... Right really is um it's very vague it's very general it's got specifics when it comes down to the how the event played out right but we don't know what that was we don't know an inciting incident we, we don't, don't know, know who, who this person is right we don't know who the who the who the they are yeah or who the i is yeah we have no i or they it starts out like right smack in the middle of it like we said they left me, leaving my house on fire, me running around, got out through the window. They left me, leaving my house on fire, me running around, got out through the window. Yeah, so, wow. so, so right away we're in, we're in the world of, of images. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
my my house is on fire. I'm running around panicking, and I jumped out the window to 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 escape. And they left me. But who is they? They left me. Who is they? Is and you know they in this moment could be different from the they that comes later. Very true. So they in this case could be the other people who lived in the house who were like, mm-hmm. "Let's just get out of here. Every man yeah. for himself." We left Ian, leave him behind. He'll save himself. I don't, I don't, I mean, it, it's a possibility that they could be two separate days, but I think they're the same. Scotsmen are inflammable. Is that true? I don't know. Let's I don't test know. It. <laughs> right. So to, to jump down, they burned my books and they broke my car and gave the dog to a man who used him for breeding. Who used him for breeding? They felled my trees and they trampled flowers and threw the and threw the kitten into my new pool. The cruelest stroke of all. They burned my books and they broke my car. Gave the dog to a man. We use it for breathing. They felled my trees and they trampled flowers. That's it. And that's the final. Yeah. That's the worst part. Not yeah. not only does it ruin the kitten, it ruins the pool. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck getting chlorine out of a kitten. I mean, I've always said that. Good luck getting kittens out of a pool. Yeah, right? Right into the filter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So there so there we have the specifics. We have we, straight into the, into the middle of the story in... We, we drop in Ian's house is on fire. He escapes through the window. Mm-hmm. Someone has burned it down. They ruin all his mm-hmm. stuff. Someone is, someone, for lack of a better term, someone is attacking this character, this narrator. And not only the character and his house, but the town itself. The town mm. was full, the town was filled with smoke and hate. Came to my senses just too late to realize that all I ever owned was borrowed. I thanked them for having shown me that nothing ever really belongs to anyone. The town was filled with smoke and haze. Came to my senses just too late to realize that all I ever owned was borrowed and them for having shown me that nothing ever really belongs to anyone. There's a lot to unpack there, Nick. It's... Is it the culture of, like, buying everything on credit? Yes. Yeah? Sure. I mean, I think that, but, you know... But it also feels like it's orcs attacking and raising a town. Like, Yeah, it does. Well, it's such a drastic select... It's, just, it's a drastic choice of imagery here. Yeah. And the fact that in the middle of it we have this little spoken word philosophy... Of course, mm-hmm. as as uh, as I have been known to do on this podcast, Nick, it reminds me of a of one of the Buddhist concepts. I would have guessed Shakespeare or Buddhism. I was actually leaning towards Shakespeare, but but now now that you mentioned the Buddhism part, I get it. Give me give me your Buddhist connection here. Okay, so and to be clear, Omen is the Buddhist, not Ian Anderson. Well, who knows? Fair enough. Fair enough. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe Shakespeare was the Buddhist. <gasps> what? Full circle. Full circle. So in Buddhism, there is a, you know, the Buddhists love to number things. You have the the, the, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the 37 Practices, etc. And the Five Remembrances. And the Five Remembrances are things that you should remember every day. And the, the first is, I am subject to death. The second is, I am subject to ill health and aging. And the third, I think, is everything and everyone I love, I will be separated from, and mm. and they will be destroyed. Yeah, so the Buddhists are a cheery lot, and <laughs> they fit in very well with Ian Anderson. But and you know, there's this there's this little uh, parable or koan that that I've heard before, which is that someone. Some some Buddhist layman gets a new cup, and it's this wonderful new teacup. And mm. and he's like, oh, my God, this is just the best freaking teacup ever. Look at it. Look how delicate it is. 
And the, and the Zen master is like, well, you know, it's, it's already broken. And the guy looks at it and he's like, what? What do you mean? No, it's in, it's in perfect shape. And the guy's like, no, it's already broken. Someday it will break. It's inevitable. Yeah. And so if you regard it as already broken, you can actually enjoy it. Because you you will not mourn the loss. Exactly. And so it won't yeah. it won't bring you suffering. So if you really want to enjoy your new teacup, you have to see it as as it is, which is already having been destroyed. Yeah, that's to to be clear the the those and then he smashed it with a hammer <laughs> and punched him in the face and left. Welcome to enlightenment. The, a lot of those those to to your standard person, a lot of those those Buddhist tenets sound depressing, but they're they're down to earth, they're realistic, and it's it's really to prepare you for for the inevitability of life and ultimately it's, to find the freedom in those truths. If you can accept that there is suffering, that in a way there will be no suffering. Yeah. It will help you to 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 separate. Just drop. Just fall into the K hole, and you can separate yourself. Yeah. Just fall. <laughs> fall in... into the B hole. Oh. <laughs> hey, it happens to the best. There of us. it is. Oh my gosh. So what a payoff. <laughs> so, yep, that's what he said. Oh. So said the vicar to the priest. Indeed. So back to the song. Oh yes, that. So so we have this little this little drop of philosophy in there, but it's in the context yeah. of uh of this ravaging of the town by unknown outside forces. And be- mm. because it's not specific, it reminds me of of several different possible things. Okay. There, you know, throughout history there have been plenty of instances of outside groups, they's coming in to yeah. to destroy and ravage towns. You know, of course, of course one is tempted to think about the Visigoths and the Vandals sacking Rome. There of course, were the the pogroms in Eastern Europe destroying the Jewish villages. There were, of course, the 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 destructions of African American neighborhoods in American history, more times than we would like to remember. Yarp. And and uh, of course, there was also the perceived invasion of of cities by. Uh, minority ethnic groups, which contributed yeah. to the the white flight of the seventies, eighties, and nineties uh, in cities across America. Yeah, and the scare tactics used today. Absolutely, of course. Yeah. It could equally refer to the summer season in New York or Paris or Rome, when the tourists flood in mm, and all the sure. and all the sensible people who actually live there go up to the Catskills for for the month of August. Yeah. And any large group of people will 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 inevitably lead to some change in environment, uh, change, some sort of destruction or 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 tweaking of a way of life that is not the normal. Are you saying, Nick, that a that a great influx of people into an urban environment can result in the saturation? Of that environment. Oh my goodness! Dun, dun, I think we've made it. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we got there. Yeah. Yep. There it is. There it is. The same things. The, the very last three lines. The same things done to other men had made them run away from the city. Right. This being the case, I joined them there, and breathing air, spent the night with these new friends. The same things done to other. That's what makes me think of, you know, getting out of town to go to the Catskills for the for the month. Kind of, yeah. Or the Alps or you know wherever wherever the wherever the the accessible the Hamptons, wherever the accessible regions are yeah. based on your on your location and socioeconomics. I'm Hmm. But I like it. Yeah. So so it I I have a feeling it's not the a 1975 version of the caravan. I, but 
also, I don't know if it's like, it's not like Ian had a vacation home at this point either. I mean, maybe he did. They were pretty successful at this point. Maybe he was going up to Blackpool. I don't know. Yeah. To stay with his parents. Yeah. I don't know if it's really based on, you know, some of the songs, it's like, oh, that's clearly a real thing that happened to Ian and now he's singing about it. Yeah, right. I think this is much more in the realm of fantasy. Like, it's a, it's a bit hyperbolic. Maybe he was just getting a bit sick of his fans. Yeah. Maybe maybe he had a Beatles moment where he walked out and somebody ripped the collar off his shirt. Right. As a to, you know, as a as a memento. Yeah, a, a rabid fan just grasping for anything. Grabbing his kitten right out of his house. Yeah. Dropping it right in the pool. Right in the pool. Yeah. I love you, yeah. Ian. My new pool. My new pool. It's a new pool, yeah. My new black pool. I I think I think that that might be the closest thing that makes sense, quote unquote. It's it is really like it's a really drastic way to look at it. But it makes me think it makes me think of Solitaire where he says that the the critics would say he's nothing because he's never had VD. Mm. Like, I doubt that a critic ever actually said that, but it feels like it's a logical progression as things go, as things get more and more absurd, whether it's the fans approaching him or the critics making comments, it you can see where it would go. Hmm. Yeah. That's my thought. Or maybe he just had too many jalapenos before going to bed and had a bad dream. And he had a spicy release, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Spicy release, the new Jethro Tull album. Oh, cannot wait. Brought to you by Sanka. (laughs) Isn't that that coffee? It's a fake coffee for old people that doesn't disrupt their, it doesn't make, it's basically like. Is it just decaf? It's it's like a powdered decaf with maybe some fiber in it, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like sounds tempting, actually doesn't it? a good decision, to be honest. Yeah, and that's how you know that we are old. <laughs> Sanko doesn't sound so bad. Oh, I do need fiber. <laughs> well, Nick, oh, goodness. anything else to say about this song? No, I think I honestly I think we made more progress in in making it make a little more sense. Than I anticipated. We rocked the progress. We we prog rocked it. Oh, my goodness! Let's Pro- progressive rock. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I get it. It all makes sense now. Yeah. Oh, better yeah. Be- better go back to the beginning of the podcast and start re-recording. <laughs> Let's start over. <laughs> Any final thoughts to add, Nick, on saturation? No, I. It's not forgettable. It, I mean, it it's not a memorable song. It's not my favorite, but. But and it's not my favorite, but I do like that we've added a little more substance to it in in discussing it. We have we have through the powers of reconstructive tulkiology, we have taken a a rock with a hole in it and an ancient timber beam and constructed a fully functioning bowling alley open Saturday to Sunday, <laughs> midnight through one AM. Wow, that is it's a very niche time market it's, there. Right we, can there. O- we can only afford to pay an employee for that one hour. For an hour, yeah. yeah. So until next week, mm. I can assure you our reviews have not reached a saturation point. We can handle more stars. Like the Visigoths of old, we want you to invade iTunes and <laughs> aggressively and, give us five stars. <laughs> Steal five stars from other podcasts and heap them upon the Vandal wagon that is Jethro Tull. Nick, I just have to say something about the Vandals. They get a bad rap. The Vandal Wagon is a great name for a band. I just, I want to put that out there. Like a German uh, metalcore band. Yeah. But the historical Vandals, you know, Van- the, 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 the Vandals, which were a, um, a Nordic group who migrated down into the southern Mediterranean, 
they, they're where we get the word vandalism because the yeah. the Romans perceived them as you know coming and destroying everything in their path. And, and to be fair, they did sack Rome once, but mm-hmm. they also were the keepers and extenders of Roman culture more so mm. than the destroyers of it. And they, they were actually nice, sure. quite quite well trimmed, nice, polite, clean people who just were looking. They were they were good boys. They were. <laughs> Just looking for somewhere to live. Yeah, I, I mean, Rome. Rome wrote a lot of history that is <laughs> is tinged in the in in they see through in the lens of Rome. Rome colored glasses. Yes, there we go. I'm I'm watching Rome the series from HBO. Okay, I've watched it a handful of times, and I just love it. It's well, really good. That's if, great. If you have HBO, look it up. So, Omen, next week. Mm. We are going to, I believe, I believe in Jackie's email, she said that she's looking forward to us talking about this song too. This song is, for next week rather, we're talking about Good Godmother. Oh, I don't know that one at all. Yeah, this one I didn't know until actually quite recently. It is, it is a very, very early recording if I remember correctly. Exciting. Yeah, Good Godmother. Well, Next week. That's, that's what I say when I stub my toe. Good, Good God, God mother. mother. Why did you leave that there? Yeah. Well, until next week, I am temporarily Omen Sade. I am, for the most part, until you look directly at me, Nick McGill. And we are infinitely feckless momes. And this will always and forever be talk told to me. Dai Maria, do you want uh, do you want the margarita pizza tonight? It's a it's a beautiful night in Roma. Yes? Oh, uh, just give me a second, Maria. I got to get the door. Uh, start the wine without me. Uh, buongiorno. Who is it? Uh, guten Tag. Oh. I am I'm here to to do the, the sacking. Uh, okay. Uh, hey Maria, did you uh, did you order a sacking? No. I did it. Maybe it was a Giovanni. Okay. Uh, what? Uh, tell tell me your name, sir. Uh, Hans. Oh, Hans. Oh. Hans. I'm 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 a vandal. I'm here to to do the sacking of the the the, the city. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, let me let me just check. Uh, uh, Giovanni, Giovanni. I see. Uh, Giovanni, did you order uh, did you order a vandalization? No, maybe. Uh, no, no, it's for next Tuesday. Oh, I. Hey, I'm sorry, man. Uh, listen, uh, I. I think you. Uh, little early. Can you. Can you come back next Tuesday? Well, we. We don't have a place to stay. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, I tell you what. You come in. You come in. Come in. Come in. Come in. Come in. Come in. Oh, yes, all of you. All of you. All of you. Come in. Come in. Uh, we're just about to have a dinner. Uh, Maria. Maria. Set. Uh, set thirteen thousand more plates out for the. Put another. Put another. Make a more dough for the pizza. Uh, okay, you can stay here until Tuesday, uh, Danke. but Danke. but uh, but you you're gonna have to stay downstairs and uh, and uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, we we will be quiet. Okay, listen, if you want to sack the backyard, you can sack the backyard if you want to. Eh? Oh, we we will get started. Okay. Oh, and also, it's very important while you're here in Roma, under the Tuscan sun. <laughs> Rome is not in Tuscany. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's very important to remember that uh, it took told to me as a proud member of the Feckless Moms Radio Audio Network. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the worst. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. That's the worst one we've ever done. <laughs>